Welcome to the Maze Marketing Podcast. This isn't another podcast about marketing tricks or hacks, but about building effective marketing systems, beating marketing overwhelm, and communicating your expertise. With your hosts, Rob Drummond and Jonathan Wilson. Hey there, we talk a lot on this podcast about nurturing customers, building stronger customer relationships, educating customers. The real question is, are all of your nurturing efforts going to be worth your while? Is there going to be a positive return on your investments, both in terms of time and money? To answer that question, you have to think about how aware your audience is of your products and services. That's the topic of this Uh, of today's conversation. Uh, It's really important to understand this before you start building out Facebook posts, before you start building a remarketing strategy, um, you really need to understand this principle first. So I I really think this is a core foundation, something to take to heart. So yeah, let's jump into the conversation. So it's been bugging me for a few weeks that I really want to talk about something that I would call levels of awareness. Yeah. Obviously, this podcast is all about is all about building a maze, staying in contact with people for a you know a period of time until they're ready to buy. Obviously, it's a lot of work to build this maze, and it's a significant investment in time and money. And you know, it basically isn't right for everyone. Like, if you're if you're like a locksmith, then there probably isn't a huge amount of value in building a maze um, because you're not really trying to communicate knowledge or upgrade someone's thinking um you're just solving a problem basically so th- this this th- this really applies to something like that i would call the level of awareness which is how much awareness does the people does the person that you're trying to sell to how much awareness do they have about your about, well i guess firstly about the problem that they've got uh, secondly about solutions in general and then thirdly about your specific solution yeah because if, if, yeah. if they're really aware, if they're, like, if they're really aware and, and they understand everything about the, the products and service, then all you need to do is communicate your price in, in a fairly short period of time. And then they either buy or they don't buy. And, and then that's it. There's, there's no maze. There's no need for it. Like this, the, the use case for this isn't universal. Exactly. And then that's a great example for search. They're already so aware of what they need. They just need to know who to buy it from. You want to be there to say, hey, I'm the best guy in town. Buy from me. Yeah. So the um, the original model, we're just talking before the call. That so the original um, model for this was written by a guy called Eugene Schwartz, who wrote Breakthrough Advertising. Um, I actually have a copy of because um, uh, Breakthrough Advertising is now out of print. Um, I have a I have a PDF version that I found on the internet somewhere. So there are PDF versions floating about, and then I think I added that to my Kindle. Uh, and that was how I went about getting hold of it. But I think it's about $150 or something if you buy it. If you buy it um, He's on eBay or Amazon, yeah. 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 Uh, Schwartz came up, up, up with a sort of model that different, different people in your market have different levels of awareness. Um, so the way that I think about this is um, a friend of mine, Ben Hunt, created the sort of a few different levels based on what Eugene Schwartz was saying. So at level zero, what has Ben's level zero is no level of awareness. So these are people uh, who have the problem that you solve, but they don't even know that they've got the problem. It's like um, my wife 
isn't really even aware that, you know, dishes are dirty. Um, not even on a radar. So, you know, to, to, to go and, you know, even buy a solution isn't going to be on a radar because she doesn't even think she has the problem. So even though, even though she does have the problem, but <laughs> anyway, so there's, there's a, so there's a huge wealth of people like that, you know, so, you know, if you're going to sell to, the, to, to step zero people, then you've got a real task on your hands because you can't get their attention with any conventional marketing. The, the only way of doing it is to somehow get them in a room and educate them about the fact that they, there is actually this problem, um, which is possible and, you know, a possible yeah. strategy. Um, so that's level zero. Le level one is they're aware of the problem. Um, they're aware of the problem, but they're not aware of any solutions. So um, I um, I'm aware of the problem. I'll give you maybe an example. Like, so a few years ago I had shin splints. So I, I do bits of running uh, and I was, uh, I, I basically had really bad shin splints. It's like a lower leg, like, like repetitive strain injury. And, you know, so every time I went for a run, I was like, oh man, this just really hurts. Like, I know what the problem is. I just didn't know what what the solution was. Um, so that ended up going, like triggering a big research spree, really. So so, so step one is problem aware. So, you know, they're a bit more aware now. Um, step step two is, is solution aware. So this is the point at which keywords come in and, and Google search marketing, because... Yeah. Because I, I, I know that a solution to my shin splints might be to go to a physio. So I might be searching on Google for physios in Sheffield or something to that effect. Um, step three is then when they are aware of your particular solution. So I found uh, you know, a, particular, a particular physio in Sheffield. So I'm not aware of that particular solution. So, that's, so in Google search, that's people searching for like your brand name, for example. Um, Step four is, um, I'm, I'm not going to butcher this. So step four is then when they are, um, when they're, I think when they're aware of your offer, and I think step five is like pretty much when they're ready to buy your board. I think four would be aware of the frequent offers that are out in the marketplace in general, mm. like common solutions, and then five would be your particular unique Angle. This is what Todd Brown calls the unique mechanism. So what's special about your chiropractic procedure compared to every other chiropractor in town? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I might have messed up the last couple of stages and we, I'll put a link in to the actual, to, to Ben's actual model. But the, the idea is that obviously, so I think the way to think about this is almost like concentric circles where, um, so at step zero, they're outside of the circles altogether. That's just people in the wilderness. You know, they've got no awareness. Step one is like the biggest circle. So that's problem aware. You've got more people there. Step two would be solution aware. So it's a step further in, but there's fewer people. The click prices go up because they're closer to buying. So at each level, you're kind of moving further in. Um, and actually what, um, so, so really the maze is, is, is really a solution for marketing to people at lower levels of awareness. Mm -hmm. um, because um, you're then, first you're using multiple media, um, like you're not just relying on email. Um, and essentially it's, it's, it's quite like 
a lot of the competition on Google ads, for example, is for the, is for the people who are searching for solutions or searching for brands and that sort of thing. Um, if you can't really compete on those terms or if it's a bit, you know, perhaps if you don't want to compete on those terms and, and if, you want to, if you want to widen the net and go fishing in a slightly less red pond, <laughs> you know, just thinking of the red ocean, blue ocean analogy. It's like, if you, want, if you want to go fishing in a blue ocean, then you need to build a maze, but you need to nurture those people because they might be aware that they've got a problem, but you need to yeah. nurture them. And that's what we're talking about yeah. with, with, with all of this stuff. So I think people need to think, it's like, well, where are most of the people in your market? If you're the locksmith, then pretty much all of your customers are in the inner levels of awareness and, you know, building this remarketing maze. Um, you know, I mean, there probably is some value in remarketing for like, you know, four hours. But after four hours, I'm probably going to have got into my house and there's no point in remarketing to me. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, it's almost like, you to, I think you have to audit your current business and think, well, where on this kind of chart are my you know, are my potential customers at the moment? Where are they most numerous? Because if they're most numerous around the outside, then that really opens up the business case, I guess, for building out a more sophisticated maze, adding in more more media into the maze. Yeah. Um, probably spending more of your Facebook budget more of your Facebook budget on warm ads rather than cold ads. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it, that's, it's, it's, it's not a very complicated idea, but it, it's, it's often ignored. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to build the maze because that's the strategy that I want to go after. But it's like, well, no, you need to think about your, your situation and think about, well, where are your customers at the moment? Because that's, I mean, ultimately this is, I mean, we're trying to solve a communications problem. Yeah. You can only solve the communications problem by understanding who it is that you're talking to and what, yeah. like, what their level of awareness is. Yeah. So I wonder what you thought about all of that. Because I, I, I think in what we're talking about, I think it's quite important. Yeah. Well, so when you go to build a maze, obviously the very first thing you need to do is stop and consider exactly this. So let's, let's return to the locksmith example. You could spend a million dollars or more on uh, social media marketing or SEO. Well, I'm sorry, SEO is a bad example, but social media or native ads or email to say, hey, I can fix your locks. And 99% of the people, it is absolutely not gonna make any difference in the world. They don't need a lock and you can't talk them into needing a lock, right? But the minute their lock breaks or their key breaks or whatever, all of a sudden now they must have a lock you know, uh, either get a new key or get their doorknob replaced or whatever it is. And so they, they cross the line very sharply. And so in, in a case like that, uh, now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you should never do brand advertising. It would still be good if, if people had it in the back of their mind that you were the best locksmith in town. Uh, then 20 years later, when they finally need one, that you might be the first that they call. But other than that, the first one they're going to call is the first one that shows up uh, of course, it used to be in the phone book with the biggest ad. Now it's just whoever has the biggest and best ad at the top of Google. So that's kind of the, that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is, but what if you're selling something that never has that uh, kind of triggering circumstance that suddenly turns somebody into the buyer? So um, Rob, you can probably think of, a, of some examples, but in my case, um, I'm thinking- My business of, is like that? Really? I mean, the, the, normally it isn't really a trigger. It's like my emails aren't that effective 
It's like business can be kind of halfway in between because, um, you know, so, so let's say you're running any kind of business and you realize, Hey, I need Facebook ads or I need AdWords ads. Or like you just said, my email sequence, I'm cranking out these emails and it's not working. I need somebody because to help me make it actually do some good. Then there can be the, the far distant end of the scale. So like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, like, uh, you know, yoga, for example. I mean, ma maybe that's still not good because somebody more aspirational, I guess, uh, maybe has a, a health issue or something at some point. They decide that, uh, you know, um, exercise of some sort, mild exercise is the way to go. But other than that, and, and I think the furthest end of the scale would be if you have a new product or a new service that nobody has ever heard of before, you maybe it's a good service you figured out how to how to do something no one's ever figured out before uh how to you know identify a problem and stop it before it starts but people if that is the case people have never heard of you and never really come to any awareness of the problem and so you're gonna have to get in front of them and say hey do you know that you know for this i wish i had a really concrete example and i don't but you know playing off the health idea you know do you know that a person of this kind who does this kind of work 30 years from now, they're going to have this kind of problem. So, uh, so, so here's an example. Um, sp speaking of the kind of work we do. So I hear uh, that people who sit several hours a day in an office chair uh, are, are looking at some long-term consequences down the road. And so uh, now that may become a problem when I'm whatever, you know, 70 or 80 years old, but a chair manufacturer who wants to sell me, uh, you know, uh, an ergonomic chair or maybe uh, one of these fancy new stand-up desks, they don't need me when I'm 80 years old and already crippled. They need me when I'm 20, 30, 40 and in good shape and I'm, you know, like afraid of what's coming on down the pike. There's no, there's no, there's nothing on my end that's going to, uh, distinctly trigger me to, oh, I need to go out and buy a stand-up desk today when I'm 30 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So they've got to begin telling a story that has no particular trigger point uh, in order to get my attention, get me thinking about it, get me aware of the problem, and then go, you know what? Yep, I need to buy one of these things. I uh, did quite a lot of work with, um, with a, a property training company um, a few years ago. Uh, so they taught people to invest in property. And yeah. most of their clients were sort of approaching middle age. And you know what? They were all terrified about retirement. That was why they invested in their training courses. It, it, wasn't, yeah. for, it wasn't for an immediate problem. It was for a big looming problem on, on the horizon. Yeah. Um, so actually, a lot of the marketing that we did was more like focusing attention on that, <laughs> on, on that problem. Um, but, and you're describing somebody who's just a little further down the stage because they are at least aware that there is a problem coming in, in the distance. Yes, but 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 there was there was quite a big maze. I mean, we were doing webinars, but you know, we'd have Google ads to get to get uh, people yeah. in, and we'd offer lead magnets, and then have any uh, email sequences, and push people to Facebook custom audiences, and do all of that. But and it was a long nurture process. Yeah, it was quite because it was quite a high value sale as well. Um, and maybe that's, that's sort of a good example. Um, I, I, I sort of think it also comes down to like, how much do people need to know you before they buy? Like if it's like the locksmith, you don't really need to know the locksmith. You just need to, the locksmith to show up and be reliable. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you could say that like pretty much any trade, I guess, like, like most trades, like you don't really need to know the plumber. Um, this is a tricky one. So, um, 
Yeah, so this, this makes me think of Chet Holmes. I actually found it while you were talking. It makes me think of Chet Holmes' triangle, and I can't think of the proper name for it, but he graphs out uh, people who are ready to buy right now versus those who are, which is actually a very small amount of the total amount of people you may talk to. Uh, then there's a few more who are ready to buy soon, and then others are like, ah, they'll think about it, and then there's a huge section that, Maybe they will think about it or maybe they won't, but one way or another, they're never going to buy. So in any situation, um, it, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a hybrid of the, I guess you could call it the market demand for your particular product. And so, so how hot the burning issue is on their side and how compelling it is on your side. So um, I think it was Gary Halbert that said, I'm probably messing this up, but more or less, if you run into a starving man and you offer him any kind of hamburger, he's going to buy it from you and you don't need a funnel or a sales letter to sell it to him, right? right. So, so uh, however, if you run into somebody who just needs lunch that day and everything is fine and they're comfortable, well, they've got 17 other burger joints and restaurants to choose from. Now you're going to have to say something a little more persuasive than just simply, here's a hamburger, pay me your money, right? right. So there's, there's kind of a, you could almost say there's like a sophistication in the, in the, the, the sales circumstance as well. Does that make some sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. I, I uh, really like the chat homes thing that you mentioned that this, that, so, so basically everyone in your audience, so you know, everyone who's in your maze in various capacity, whether that's on your email list or in a, you might call it everybody within reach. Like everyone, actual, everyone who has any, any awareness of you, is either, what was it, ready to buy right now? Can, can you yeah, just so I, I, I actually got it. 3% who are literally ready to buy right now, like as you're having the conversation, as they're seeing the ad, reading the sales page, they are going to do it. Uh, another about 6 to 7% are real close. They may come back the very next day or that evening or later in the week, but, but they probably will not buy on the spot. And there's kind of like 30% or so that are going to buy sometime in the near future and the rest are essentially a lost cause. And those percentages, of course, are going to vary for different businesses. Yeah. Um, and and so going back to the hamburger analogy, it has a little bit to do with what you've got to sell and how bad they need it and then what your positioning is. So let, let's say you're in kind of a middle ground circumstance where there are some people who need it and you know it's a good offer, but you've got a lot of competition um, or the issue is <laughs> important but not urgent, as the organizer people say. And so in the case like that, the, it's up to the seller, the advertiser, to really build up their case for uh, why, you know, hey, here's why you really do need to decide and do something about this now, and then here's why we are the right people to, to work with, which is where all the social proof and case studies and so on come from, uh, building up authority and positioning and credibility. I uh, think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier where you said that like a lot of what we're doing is kind of branding, like effectively we're kind of micro branding um, yep. by, you know, continuing to market to people who are less aware. Um, and I think, I think actually that's, that's become really important. It's like, it's almost like all uh, uh, level of business, like you know, small, small business, I guess, like branding has got, pretty bad connotations <laughs> sure um, does. and that's slightly unfortunate because you know for any sort of high value sale any trust-based sale 
there's there's always branding. Like we don't spend you know good money with people that we don't know or trust. Yeah. Um, I, I think one, so this kind of plays into the whole, there's the, in, in the advertising space, there's kind of a classic uh, dichotomy debate between branding and direct response, right? Like, which one should you do? And I think what's unique about the maze is it's not an either or. It actually is a progression Rich. that people from that branding phase, which you've got to start somewhere, right? And that's where you start, leads you from the branding phase to the direct response. So referring back to that Chet Holmes triangle, the direct response people are only and ever always addressing the, the tip of the triangle. So just that three to 10% who are ready to buy either right now or tomorrow. And so they essentially miss out to a certain, you know, uh, of course, anytime somebody sees something, well, they've seen it once, right? So it helps. But essentially they miss out on the next 30%, whereas branding is in the other ditch almost they never really work hard at all at the top three to 10%. They're just trying to dump huge volumes of, uh, of content uh, or, or, you know, or billboards or newspaper ads or whatever it may be uh, in the hopes that the, the big 30 to 60% swath is going to buy, but because it lacks the directness and the, you know, the connection, you think, think of a billboard. You ever seen a, a five-page billboard? Okay, not really, right? I, I know people do funny things where they stack two or three billboards in a row, but that's rare. And in most cases, it's a simple one-sentence thing, which if you can make your entire business case in one sentence, then great, more power to you. But most of us can't do that, right? So branding... It's taken me about eight years to like summarize my business. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So branding like completely overlooks all the details, all the proof, all the all the conditions, uh, everything. It's completely missing. And yep. So so the whole point of the maze is you you find somebody who is within the right scope, and you begin to build the the connection, the relationship with them, in the hopes that as as time goes on, they're going to get closer and closer to to the middle of the maze. Like that's that's the way we describe it. That's why we draw it as a circle or a spiral sometimes. As they get closer to the middle of the maze, they're gonna be fed more and more information. Somebody who is not quite interested does not want to read, uh, uh, you know, watch an hour long VSL or attend an hour long webinar or read a foot and a half long sales letter. They just don't want to. But as time goes on and they hear a little bit more about you, why you're doing this, what it does for them, why they should act now, the small bits of you might you might call it branding or the the things that are closer to branding at some point they're going to go you know what i need to stop for a minute or an hour <laughs> and take some time and really dig into this yeah. and then that's when they kind of cross the threshold to uh to the direct response level yes i agree so what what's the action of someone listening um so would you suggest kind of taking stock of your audience at the moment and figuring out, well, where are they? In terms yeah, you of should. So uh, one, one final thing that's related to this. So, and we've alluded to it many times, but something like ad, a search situation, organic or paid either way, uh, like, like Google or Bing is going to be the platform. You can kind of call it the mechanism where you're going to be able to find people who are a little bit hotter. So people who already have a problem, they already know about it and you want to be there for them. For any of the other situations where you know that your audience is out there, you know, you need to work with uh, middle-aged guys or whatever, uh, you know they're out there, 
But if they're not searching because there is no active problem, then you've got to reach them some other way. And so that this literally affects your choice of, do I market on AdWords? Do I market on Facebook? Of course, ideally in the long run, we want to see you on both because that's how you're going to win, right? And, and more than just those. But uh, yeah, so the, the very first thing to do would be to, to take a little time and think, here's what I'm selling. What kind of person needs this? Is it, is it the locksmith type situation where it's only people with an immediate burning problem? Is it way on the other end where, you know, people have never heard of this thing before and I know they need it. I know the world needs my message, right? But, uh, but they don't know that. Or is it somewhere in the middle? So figure that out, and that's gonna, that is going to determine uh, where and how you start your online marketing. Yeah, because if, you, if you're the locksmith, you're going to start off, and the first thing that someone, the first point at which someone comes into contact with you might be a Google search. If someone, has, if someone has a very low level of awareness, then you probably need to get on stage and talk about it in front of large groups of people like you need to yeah. get on the speaking circuit or something like that e easier said than done but you know the, but the rewards are quite big because if you can take people off the market much earlier on at a lower level of awareness there's more people there and they're less expensive if if you can crack it if you found this conversation useful you can support this podcast by leaving us a review on itunes you can also find the show notes for this episode and get in touch with either jonathan or myself www.mazemarketingpodcast.com Once again, that's www.mazemarketingpodcast.com Thanks for joining us and we'll see you on another episode very soon.